Gale cliche, Gale cliche, better than that. Who <coughs> went to Chelsea? Gale cliche, Gale cliche, better than that. Who <coughs> went to Chelsea? Gale cliche, Gale cliche, better than that. Who <coughs> went to Chelsea? Welcome to the 16th edition of the Guna podcast, recorded on the Monday evening between the home defeat to Hull and the Champions League visit of Porto. Whether it's due to being dropped for his poor David Essex impersonation last time out or family commitments, the Highbury Spy is sitting out this edition. So his replacement on the panel is a man who will challenge for our editor's role as the voice of reason, Guna writer and our man when BBC Radio 5 Live wants some fan opinion, Mr David Eder. Good evening. Next up, our host for this evening in an unscheduled change of venue. So we're expecting Arsenal squad members to drop in and join us for a cappuccino as the evening wears on. Hampstead's very own, Mr Don Sebastiano. Oh. And he was scheduled to take a break tonight due to his questionable health. <laughs> but ever the trooper, he's managed to get here to make up the numbers. Guna editor and world-renowned author, Mr Kevin Witcher. Could I say, A, thanks to Basti for hosting at last minute notice, and B, I haven't bumped into any Arsenal players on the stairs. Yet. <laughs> Wait yes. till the way out. It's right. a matter of... We'll pass the Villa Bianca on the way to the coffee cup, we're bound to bump into it. Right, without further ado, it's on to the matters for discussion. 6-0 with the kids versus Sheffield United, and losing 2-1 versus Hull City. What does this say about Arsenal's transfer policy? Sorry. Arson's transfer policy. Basti? No. You don't want to go? Uh, what was it again? I was, I, was, I was in another world there. I was thinking about Arsenal players at the Villa Bianca. <laughs> <laughs> we won 6-0 with the kids. Yeah. We lost 2-1 against Hull. Oh, God, yeah, we did. What does um, that say about Arson's transfer policy? I don't think it says anything about his transfer policy. I think it says that the kids are up for it and... The, the sort of those who were the ex-kids and are now slightly not kids anymore and think they've got a right to walk onto the pitch against Hull and just win without actually playing football or making an effort or wanting it. Um, so that, that, that's why we lost because we didn't want it. Um, Would he have bought players who who who, um, who wanted it, or, or is he relying on the kids to come in and want it? Surely uh, you you need players with desire. And possibly that was a weakness in the uh, those who were guaranteed their first team spots. We don't see a real challenge from the youths, and maybe they need a few more experienced pros to actually challenge them for their very comfortable positions in the first team. Would, well, for example, a player like Alonso would help to start on Saturday. No question. I mean, a player, look, a world-class um, midfielder or attacker, uh, where some, or yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I watched Torres the other day. And I just thought, oh, why, don't, why don't we get someone like that? You know, because he is fucking class. Do you think that's where we need someone then? 
we look Adebayor, in my opinion, is not and never has been actually first choice uh, striker. Right. He's not. He's not a number one. Van Persie, when he's when he's rolling, potentially, possibly, might be. He's still not. I mean, there's not. We still don't have that Ian Wright or that. I think Eduardo. Yeah, we do. But his leg snapped in half at yeah, the moment. Yeah, exactly. Eduardo. Eduardo is the player. I think that we're really missing. That I think he, he's, he's hungry. He's going to want it. He's going to nick things. But that's where that is where um, Adebayo got a glut of his goals when Eduardo was in the team. It's the partnership, and I think that did him a hell of a lot of good. And we don't seem to have a partnership at the moment. I think, I think exactly right. right. I think exactly right. I mean, people say it's a cliche to have the the big man small man combination, mm. but if everybody does it and everybody's successful with it, it might be a cliche. But I don't mind having a cliche if I win the league at the end of the year. No, no, not at all. Yeah, and had Adebayo passed a few more balls to Eduardo, we'd have had even more goals <laughs> rather than running off into that little bit next to the goalpost, the wrong side of it, and sort mm. of. Losing mm. wind. See, because we, we uh, well, I'd, I'd say Adebayo and Eduardo was a partnership that worked, and we've got another budding one in um, in Vela and Bentner, which obviously worked so well against Sheffield United, be it only Sheffield United. Uh, it goes, goes back to Bassi's point earlier, though. I mean, these kids know they're going to get two, maybe three games here, and we, we've got the worst draw possible with Wigan at home, who are going to send their first team down. And as well as Jura and Song played against the cart horse that is James Beattie, um, Emil Heskey's going to destroy them. I've got absolutely no doubt about it. So these kids know this game against Wigan is pretty much going to be their last game of the season and they're chomping at the bit. But we know that when it comes to league games, eight players are guaranteed their spots. And when it, it's got to the stage now where Emmanuel Bowie's almost guaranteed a, a place in the team, whether it's on the right wing, whether it's on the left wing, whether it's in the centre of the park, or whether it's at right back. Um, there's no pressure for places because Wenger's made it clear that you are my A team and you are my B team. I think the problem we've got also is that the character of the team. There are players like Abue and I'm afraid Gallas and Adebayor and Van Persie who, for me, don't have enough get up and go and enough, I really want this and I'm going to fight for it and I'm going to have it. And I'm Not enough Ian Wright or Tony Adams, you know. Not enough like, fuck everything, I'm going to win this game. You know, and they're, they're just—they're a little spoilt and arrogant. They walk around. I mean, uh, watching Van Persie, the way he moves and walks around the park sometimes. N- needless to say, Adebayo, um, it lacks a bit of gusto, if you mm. like. You know, they're not really—they're not—they're not desperate enough. It's interesting to see in the figures that were released um, a couple of weeks back that our wage bill is actually extremely high, given that uh, in theory we don't have many so-called highly paid superstars. In fact, we have some very highly paid players who are not performing like superstars despite their wages. And there is an element whereby you're paying people so much money to keep them at the club that they get very comfortable um, and things like win bonuses certainly don't mean anything to them. Um, And that's when you need players like Chelsea, I'm afraid to say, have got people like John Terry who, who actually care enough about winning matches, whereby despite the fact that they're being paid ludicrous amounts of money, they will still go on that field and compete. Um, you know, I think Michael Ballack is a similar player. I, I think he has an innate desire to win matches, and, and he will, will do, you know, he will take part in scrappy games and, and, and just do enough against poor teams to get a 1 0 win when the team are not playing well, mm. because he has a desire within him. Ballack now, that does yeah. disappear in games, though. Well, I I, I see a winner when I see Gallas. Mm, oh, I think you're right. Um, I've got to say, when I see Gallas, I'm not that um, convinced 
No, I, I don't think anyone is at the moment. No, uh, I, would, uh, you know, he, he, I mean, when he doesn't go up for for crosses, um, and he's got to make that ball his. You know, not only is he the captain, but he's a central defender. Toure as well. His heading, he got, mm. he, he's, they don't really, their heart isn't in it when they go ahead a ball clear, is it? Wenger used the word commitment after the whole match, um, pointing where the team were weak. And I think there are some players in the Arsenal team who are committed and some who, if, if the wind is flowing the wrong way, seem to lose interest very quickly uh, and don't make that extra yard sometimes. But I think that brings the other players, the committed players, down as well. Yes. Because then you see then the whole, the whole momentum within the side and the whole vibe goes down. And players like Fabregas and Clichy, who, in my opinion, are Arsenal through and through and are up for it, you know, you've got to have other people with putting a bit of wind in your sails because otherwise they're dragging you back. It's a worrying thing. I mean, the players whose heads do seem to go down are the so-called senior players. Mm. Galas, who I've, I think we've all agreed on, is somewhat the embarrassment at the moment. Adebayor, who by virtue of blackmailing the club into his £4.2 million a year new contract in the summer, is now a senior player and doesn't seem up for it. And I'd like to take this opportunity on Monday the 29th <laughs> of September to say that Emmanuel Adebayor will not be an Arsenal player next year, whether it's Barcelona or Milan, I don't know, but there is no way... Adebayor's going to be at this club this year. He plays for Emmanuel Adebayor FC and they are relocating yeah. in the summer. I don't think there's any doubt about that oh, whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, for example, <laughs> Saturday, yeah, it's all well and good. William Gallas deciding that he wants to play up front for the last 10 minutes, but if he'd done his job in the first place and decided to actually jump for a header when defending, you know, we wouldn't have been in that mess. And we could have seen out the last 15 minutes playing keep ball mm. as the, uh, the guys from MTV show, Olay, every time we compete apart. Yeah. I mean, for many years, I mean, I perhaps certainly when sort of Campbell and uh, and uh, 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 Torre, 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 who was the man that was getting his head on the ball at corners, mm. week in week out? It's Patrick Vieira. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, he mm. cleared up so much. Even you know, sure, when yeah. it, even when you know, I mean, because Adams got to the problem where he had a problem jumping as well. It was Patrick Vieira, and I said, you know, going back sort of a long way. Good lord, what we're going to do when he goes? Uh, but I think Gilberto stepped up to that as well. He'd mm. win an awful lot of headers, you know. But now there's no one. Gallas just doesn't want to do it. What's the difference between Gilberto Vieira and Edu, and Fabregas, Danielson and Son? Well, that's that's six four inches. inches. Yeah. 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 Right. yeah. No, it's 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 a serious problem. But um, you know, we haven't addressed it, and we you know, Wenger hasn't addressed it. We've brought Sylvester, who you know, as we were saying earlier, David, is another left back that can play at centre back, and Arsenal seems to like them. Yeah, well, if he can play in two positions, it means he doesn't have to buy another player. <laughs> uh, and that means he, well, apparently gets to keep the, the so-called half of 1% of every uh, every pound that he makes on transfers at the end of the season. An alleged club policy um, after what happened with George Graham. <laughs> what do we think about the signing of Sylvester? Basti? Yeah, um, well, yeah, see him play. Mm. So, you know, he's, we've signed an injured player and... Um, <laughs> We've got enough injured players. I mean, really, uh, I, it's quite mad, isn't it? You've got yeah. Rosicki, who's just disappeared. Um, I doubt it. I, I don't know if he'll ever play for Arsenal no again, knows. to be honest no with you. I don't, I, I don't know what the club are doing with this. Oh, yeah, we, he'll be ready in about a month, you know, sort of for 12 months. And then, I don't know, I mean, he's got some mystery illness. I mean, there's something else going on there. It can't just be a hamstring. Well, for legal reasons, we can only speculate in our minds. We can't say it, but uh, there's gossip around certain players uh, in relation to uh, the rules of the game and what they are and aren't allowed to do. 
And if Arsenal are finding out that they've been doing these things, then they're not going to play them. However, we won't go into any more detail than that. So. Right. Well, it doesn't. So whatever it is, doesn't look good. So um, what was great about Michael but Silvestre? Was, sorry, yeah. If he was any good, would Man you have sold him? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he never struck me as the best defender at Man U anyway. Um, he's been there nine years. I get the feeling that, um, you know, he, he was he was looking at Manchester City and uh, was it Middlesbrough? I can't remember the other team that was interested in him. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it was Man U. Well, if he was crap, he would, Man U wouldn't have kept him for nine years either. I mean, he can't be completely used. He's better than Stepanov. He didn't or, uh, play a lot in the last couple of I mean, seasons. Yeah, the last sort of five years, when we've come up against Man United, have, uh, have we gone, you know, I certainly remember saying to my brother and my dad, God, I hope Sylvester's playing. Mm-hmm. No, it just, just bomb balls down to Freddie down the right. Mm-hmm. Or no. a buoy, as it is now. Cracky. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, I mean, he was the weak link in Man United's team for the last... Well, not for the last year, because he hasn't played because he's been injured, which presumably is one of the reasons why Wenger's gone after him. But but there we go. I mean, he's a, he's a decent cover at left-back, and uh, for the price we paid for him, that's about what we're going to get. But, but the idea of playing him in the centre... I, I, I can't see there's going to be a vast improvement on what we've already got and that's bad enough the problem is we don't have a, a decent centre back really I mean Toure was but at the moment he doesn't appear to be um, well we need we need a ball winner yeah because someone who attacks the first ball I mean I, th- I think the short players thing is, is to do with Wenger's um, total emphasis on technique now so if you're playing it on the floor um, you want a Maradona sort of physique whereby you're going to beat players, you're going to keep possession, you're hard to shrug off the ball. Um, I mean, you know, a sort of, if you look at Jack Wilshire, his, his actual um, physique, you can see he's, he's going to be that kind of player. Mm. However, there is a dilemma in football, and that is that you don't have 100% possession. So where Arsenal are, are, what Wenger has not allowed for is even the 25% in a game you dominate, whereby the other team actually has the ball. Now you can't tell them how to play, and if they're starting to um, pressure your defence in certain ways, um, you've got to be able to cope with it. Now at set pieces, we obviously can't. You know, we haven't got the players to deal with set pieces, and that's where a lot of the goals are being conceded. So it's back to the drawing board in a way because the way we're defending I find it impossible to see us challenging for the Premier title, Premier League title this, this season I'm, I'm just hoping we get lucky in the Cups and, and get one Correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't the manager come out at the end of last season and, and cite specifically the fact that um, we don't have a central defender on the books who can attack the Route 1 ball the Emil Heskey ball if you will um, well, we did have one, but we've sent him out on loan to Milan yeah. uh, for a season. Um, and yeah, amongst all of Philippe Senderos's faults, you do have to bear in mind he was the only defender we had who liked uh, attacking the first ball, who, yeah. who would allow Torre or Gallas to drop off him. And, and didn't we go 11 Champions League games without conceding a goal with Senderos and Torre at centre half? Flamini or Kerry Gilbert at left back. Um, I, well, I was I was always a big fan of, of Saunders, but you know, I mean, I think towards the end of his, his career at Arsenal, if it is the end of his career, I did think that you know he, he just needs to change a club because he's a confidence player, um, and that, you know that does worry me that you know he's not even looked at a replacement for. Oh, we haven't been linked with anybody. I mean, when Carlos Coelho went to uh, to Aston Villa, he's seen the obvious replacement, but he's not going to spend that sort of money on someone that he can't sell on. And I don't think that's necessarily a good thing. 
you know, we've we've got to get the right man for the for the job. And I mean, I don't necessarily, you know, I mean, that's just a name I'm throwing out mm. there. You know, that, but there's been others. Um, well, Man United got Vidic for eight and a half million pounds. Liverpool got Skirtle for under five million pounds. Mm. I mean, haven't we got the the scouting network in world football? <laughs> with with Sylvester, one thing that I thought, um, I don't know what you guys think, but um, could it be that he might hold a little bit of insight into um, Alex Ferguson and perhaps give us something that you know neither side's had? You know, no one knows in the um, in Manchester United dressing room what goes in the mi- on in the mind of of um, Arsene Wenger and likewise at Arsenal could he provide a little bit of insight well how, how often a season do we play Manchester United no, but, uh, yeah I know but you know it just might be that kind of that, that psychology thing do you think that's in no, for example no. he's in that he can see that squad of players at the moment Sylvester hmm. is it can he look at those players and think well I know that Manchester United have got a better squad than these and that they've got you know better players he must know yeah, and, and how does that help Arsenal? I mean, in all, in all fairness, if he's a spy in the camp, and that's why he's been bought, uh, I, I can't see it benefiting us. I mean, what what the problem is at Arsenal, it seems to me, is team spirit. You know, even even uh, even when we weren't spending money, and we were we were winning those titles through not even spending money, we had team spirit. That's what got us results. Yeah. We went down to ten men, and we we were able to pull it that pull it round. I've seen it fleetingly in this team I've seen it at Bolton away yeah. last season when, when mm. they were up for it and, and it, it was all looking very very bleak mm. and suddenly they got and this last week um, yeah yeah I mean to, to a lesser extent last week as well um, but when the chips are down they're not reacting strongly enough often enough and uh, I just I just don't see the character in the team that's, that's, that was there before in other Wenger teams. And it seems to me, and through his choice of personnel, that Wenger has let something that was very, very important to Arsenal gradually dissipate uh, to the extent whereby we can't call on it sometimes when it's needed. And how you solve that, I suspect, is possibly now by actually starting to use more domestic players because uh, I'm worried about the amount of identity that some of these players feel for the club. I don't think Adebayor feels great identity for Arsenal. I think Fabregas might do, uh, but, you know, I don't know if Abue does, you know, I don't know if Gallus does, you know, and this is something that is important. Even if you're paying people a lot of money, they've got to feel something for the team they're playing in. Even if they don't give a damn about the fans... It's about their teammates and getting a result with their, their teammates. Um, I found the whole huddle thing a bit ridiculous last year. and I think it was in the end it was exposed for being a bit of a sham. I don't even know if they still do it because I'm not in the ground early enough half the time. But um, that's something which really needs addressing because it's been lost um, and we need the, the right personnel to bring it back now. I think Ted's completely right. I think it's patently obvious looking at our, looking at our team when we score a goal. There are very obvious divisions and factions in the team. For example, Paul Nicholas Bentner, who he gets a lot of stick off a lot of Arsenal fans. I like Nicholas Bentner because he runs his heart out and he knows he gets fleeting opportunities to impress and he tries to take them. And whenever he scores a goal, um, the only people who go and celebrate with him are Fabregas and Walcott. 
Um, because it's painly obvious that him and Adebayor don't like each other. No, that's, that's bad, isn't it? it? It's really bad. I mean, when Adebayor scores a goal, you know, six or, it's the six or seven uh, uh, Frank, Francophile uh, African players in the squad always go straight over to him. Uh, when Bentley goes and scores, two people go and celebrate with him, and there is a clear division there in the squad. Occasionally you have the unifying uh, forces of people like Fabregas, who obviously get on with everyone, but there's a clear and apparent split in the squad and it's ridiculously worrying. They say you don't have to like everybody you work with uh, in order to be successful. Maybe not, but it makes it a hell of a lot easier. Well, it's important when you, when you, this, in a team game such as football when you need a little bit of team spirit. I thought on Saturday against Hull, I thought they responded quite well. I'm watching it again today, I just think it was lack of imagination. Um, and it was certainly... I, I would put a lot of it down to the, the performances of um, Adebayo and Van Persie. They were both very, very poor on on Saturday. Mm. Um, you know, without you know the reason why we fell behind is another match altogether. But I, I thought both of them looked very, very poor. Well, what Van, Van Persie was worrying. exposed. His his left footedness was so exposed. A couple mm. of times he was down the right and he's shot and he sort of scuffs at it or mm. sort of knocks it and it goes wide. He can't really shoot with his right foot. Um, he has scored with his right foot before, sort of freak freak moments, but. Mm. And and sometimes yeah, he reminds me of sort of a sort of slightly off form Malcolm McDonald somehow. I don't know what it is. It's the way his shirt tucks out the back of it. It sort of sticks <laughs> out in that sort of little V shape, and he sort of walks around looking like oh yes, I'm I'm sort of dinky geezer who walks around. So it's funny, you know, one theme was slagging them all off. Having said well, that, no, I don't think you know, we were really top of the league last yeah. week, and we were we we if we if we'd have beaten Hull. It's not like the whole season's collapsed, is it? You know, unlike Tottenham, of course. Okay, so let's turn to a positive then. Tottenham. No, well, no, no, <laughs> because then we'd just get like them, wouldn't we? If we were just like, if our positive, we had our little fucking well. Tottenham win. It's now <laughs> time to say we are the Arsenal and we are the best. Okay, let's look at the, the form of Theo Walcott since we last recorded a podcast. Um, getting better. Getting better, yeah. Hatchet for England. Improvement, um, potential, looking like he might. Once again, someone like Walcott, he needs Van Persie or uh, uh, Adebayor to be at their best to raise his game. If Walcott's playing next to someone like, well, Eduardo or... Uh, and unfortunately, I'm, I'm sorry, I disagree with you on Bentner. I don't think Bentner's the full metal jacket. I think he's a player that you bring off the bench when you have to. Um, but he's a B-team player. He's not a first choice. I think he's a slow moment. burner. I think he's getting... He's, he he's might going, become a great player one day, right but right, right, right now he's, he's only not. 20. He's not. not ready. He's, no, not, he's not the finished, finished product. No. And uh, when we're playing in the Premiership at the level we're playing at, we need some finished product up there. You know, and of course, Henri was finished product until he was finished, which he, he now is. Um, but then there was, you know... Um, you know, and Ian Wright, you know, and Bergkamp, and players like that, you know, even Platy, you know, at least Platy would have a go, you know what I mean? But uh, uh, and he wasn't as good a player as them, and he'd be the first person to say that. Unfortunately, I don't. Adebayor's heart isn't in it. I think Van Persie, uh, and he's had problems in the past off the pitch as well, obviously, as we all know. Um, I don't know what's going on with him, but he's not really. It, <sighs> It's just not consistent, is it? No. And um, Do you know what his best position is? Because bugger if I know. No. I mean, the Dutch playing wide on the right, 
Yeah, which, a left footer playing on the right. Where he gets to drop it. Chris Waddle, Chris Waddle, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Um, excuse my language. Because um, he's, he's not a centre forward. And when everybody's fit, I'd play Eduardo and Adebayor. Yeah. He turned into a David Beckham right very quickly, couldn't he? Just free kicks and sort of corners. Like the Sabuto characters. Yeah. You know, the ones that you've he looks like a Sabuto <laughs> character. That's it. The way it's sort of like, you know. At the beginning of last season, though, he, him and Adebayor did play particularly well, I thought. I did think mm. there was a form of partnership before he got injured. It's only been, you know, the, this season where I think he's, he's been very, very poor. Yeah. Well, if they click, listen, if form. they play the sort of defence, they go, oh no, this is Arsenal, and crumble and fall to bits, yeah. then, um, then sure, they can rip any team to pieces yeah. uh, if they get out of second gear. But if they don't get out of second gear and some defence like Hull says, fuck this, we're going to show this off, but we're not going to let them pass, thou shalt not pass kind of thing, and even if you do, we're still going to have a go then we won't, we'll get exposed. And other people will watch that match and think, oh, well, that's how to play Arsenal, play them. And they're two attackers, Hull as well, they were, they were up for it. Hull came to Arsenal and so they wanted to win the game, and I've, yeah. got, I've got nothing but respect for the oh, right. I can't think of a time when I've actually stood behind at the end of a game and actually clapped the opposition. Yeah, because generally I'm, well. I'm usually out the ground, like, well, after the, the whistle, but I'm usually out the ground and, you know, if we've lost, certainly, mm. you know, sort of well away... But uh, you know, I stood back and you know shook a few hands on my way out because you know it, it just seemed like a you know fantastic achievement for them, and I don't want it mean to sound patronising because for God's sake they are whole sick. Mm. It's been um, a long time since I've, I remember standing up the North Bank in the old days, and I can't remember who it was, but we were we were so bad. We played again, we were so bad that by the last five minutes, I was like, sod this. I, I, I literally went, you know, when you just go fuck this, all right, I'm gonna watch the other team. Mm. You know, mm. and you get that angry, and I actually felt that last three minutes or five minutes, I thought. You know what? Yeah, well done, Hull. You know, and I know that it's you know it's uh, treason and Judas and blah, blah. but sometimes you're that angry, you just think, fuck it. Yeah, well done. You know, sort Arsenal. You know, going going back to Theo, two great performances That's against. The end of my my fan mate. <laughs> 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 no, so two great performances for England. Obviously, the second one with the with the hat trick against Croatia. Um, a great performance against Blackburn, followed by you know an, an equally sort of good performance when he came on against Bolton. Looked like he struggled at Ashburton Grove on Saturday. Do you think there's anything in that? Do you think he feels the pressure of the crowd? I thought he was the uh, our best attacker on Saturday, and I'm still trying to get my head around the fact the manager chose to take him off rather right. than Persig. Um, yeah. Do you think at times that he did though? They just seemed to me he just looked like he was deliberating a few things. He looked like the Theo. Yeah, see, he fell back into yeah. old habits. He did, yeah. Um, he did create the goal. He did. Um, so he, he, he's he's still an inconsistent performer. Um, which is very frustrating because you know what he is capable of now mm. and yet you, you still see things he used to do which which made me doubt him. Um, mm. I think he's just got to persevere now and just accept that uh, he's going to do more damage than harm and uh, the more he plays, hopefully, the better his decision-making will become. Do you think England will turn his head? No, I, I just think he is actually a boy with his feet on the ground. Um, I think he'll make him a stronger player playing for England. Mm. I, think I, don't I, I couldn't stand the sight of John Terry sticking his arm around him. It made me feel ill. I turned the television off, I had wow. to be sick. It's like watching a girlfriend kiss another man. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I actually disagree. I think, I think I, 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 that's, for me personally, I wish, you know... I know no one wants to hear it, but I mean, I wish we had John Terry. Yeah, no, no, I yeah, understand that. Like well, that. no, I'd not John Terry, a John Terry player, not a man that has marked to say pisses on nightclub floors. You know, you, you don't need someone like that or makes you know racist comments to vet fellow players. You don't want John Terry. Mm. Does John Terry make racist? Comments? Allegedly, yeah, allegedly. <laughs> 
far as Walcott's concerned, anyway, I, I think you know he, he needs he needs the supposedly senior players around him to play up to his. He's enthusiastic. At least he'll have a go. He's up for it. He's not walking. He's running. Mm. He's walk. He's doing stuff. You know. Whereas I'm afraid Van Persie and Adebayor, they're the ones that they need to get their act together. They need to. They need to want it more, and they need to get hungry. I think that's a very good point. I think you watch Arsenal the next two or three games if Walcott starts. The big difference between when he plays for Arsenal and when he plays for England that I've noticed is that he's trusted with the ball when he plays for England. Capello's taken him to one side and said, "You, my son, I'll shit off a stick. Guys, get the ball to this guy yeah. ten yards in front of him because he's going to rinse the fullback." At Arsenal, you look, he's not trusted. Van Persie won't pass the ball to him, and he obviously doesn't like Theo Walcott. Um, and Boyle won't pass to him. Danielson will always take the ball left rather than go right. Fabregas is the only player who seems to think that, you know... I don't know if Van Persie doesn't like Theo Walcott. I think Van Persie just loves himself. And, and anyone else isn't really as good as he is. There are, there are actually stats available. I think it's on the Daily Telegraph's site. But every game, they actually break down who passes to who. So the, the truth of the, the Walcott situation can be gauged there uh, as to who passes to him and who doesn't. Um, but I do have a very positive feeling that uh, what David says is right because I've noticed it myself. Mm. Um, they don't trust him. And it's, it's partially because he has, as he's developed, wasted possession. Mm. Um, and possession is everything, you know, the way Arsenal play. So over time, also, that's, over time that's your challenge. A lot yeah. though, as well, hasn't he? And De Nilsson's not, not really a replacement Flamini no. by any stretch of the imagination. We still haven't replaced Flamini. Well, we've never seen the, 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 the depth in his inconsistency. De Nilsson seems to, be, <laughs> to go from like, oh, I don't know, like the worst player I've ever seen at Arsenal to, you know, one, well, of, the, one I, of the better ones. I think he plays better on, on, on the flank, actually. Hmm. Uh, partially because, well, on the, the occasion he played very well there. We had, I think, Song in the middle with uh, Fabregas and uh, I think it's, it's a double blow the fact that we didn't sign players near transfer deadline because there were two players we needed they're both defensive players the mm. centre back and, and the replacement for Flamini or Gilberto or whoever um, and even if you've got a weak pair of centre backs in the air um, you know, at least if there's someone there to win that second ball, if it doesn't go to the other centre back, you need your deep holding midfielder to be there snapping those up. Mm. And uh, there's an argument that the first uh, hole goal on Saturday might have been stopped if we had a slightly more aware player who thought this is a guy that needs to keep an eye on. Mm. You know, I'm not going to let him get too far away from me. Um, De Nilsson isn't mentally uh, defensive midfielder I mean I'm assuming tomorrow he's going to start Song in the middle and he's the last has Song's been ruled out tomorrow night has he really mm. yeah but Song's one I, used, one I used to slag off a lot and he's oh, actually come did. quite good he's, no I've got a lot of respect for him for that so, you know, hold my hands up and say, well, Song... Because he was... I mean, talk about giving the ball away when he started. Oh, yeah, no, I mean, no. He, couldn't, he couldn't pass the ball. I think but this the one thing, year, a quick point sorry. about De Nielsen, though. Um, he should get rid of that action man haircut. <laughs> it's like a plastic thing stuck on his head, isn't it? That's it's not the proper, problem, Basti. It's the haircut. Adamai always well, the dreadlocks, right? Yeah. Have you noticed? He, he went from the dreadlocks and then he went for the kind of I'm Mr. Tibbs look, but a bit big, <laughs> semi-nearly an afro. 
But then he's now it's gone all sort of sort of itsy bitsy right. again. See, this is where you've got your problem tonight because usually you'd have like your other nutcase on the other end <laughs> in the Highbury Spy agreeing with you, but you've got two people. Hey, oh, 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 Steve, oh, oh, where did you come from? Oh, I'll just, oh, I'll just be outside. Oh, oh, I tell, I tell you what, I love, oh, I, I love David Seaman now. I had so much to drink. I think David Seaman's wonderful. Oh, he's brilliant. He's brilliant, David Seaman. Have you seen his ponytail? It's lovely. What do you think of Theo Walcott at the moment? Oh, I love Theo Walcott. I love Theo Walcott. I'll tell you what, though. Um, oh, he's a wanker. <laughs> he's a wanker, Theo Walcott. I don't like Theo Walcott, but I love Theo Walcott. <laughs> Thanks, Steve, for that. Thanks, Steve. That's all right. That's all right. I'll go on. Right, yeah. <laughs> it's just enough time for me to say goodbye to the panel. The Don. Oh, good. <laughs> Thank you very much. You done? No. <laughs> no. I cannot I cannot refuse a request on the eve of my daughter's wedding. That's all. David. An unbridled pleasure, thank you, gentlemen. <laughs> Thanks for coming. Kevin. Hopefully the spy will be back next time. Oh yeah, I'll be back. <laughs> I'll be back. I'll be back. I'll tell you I'll be back. Hello, I'm Theo Walcott. And I'm here to tell you that I purchased my finest apparel from www.gunnershirts.com. They make some cracking Arsenal shirts to buy online. Theo! All right, Mel, just coming. And you can leave your muddy football outside. A reminder that the current issue of the Gooner, number 188, will still be available at the Everton game on October the 18th. A new issue hits the streets for the away fixture at West Ham a week later. Gooner issues, past and present, can be purchased through our online shop at www.onlinegooner.com. As ever, if you want to email us about anything related to the podcast, the address to use is goonerpodcast at gmail.com. There'll be more for us in a month or so's time. But for now, I'm Lord Ashburton. Thanks for listening. Oh, Nazri, Nazri, oh, Sammy Nazri, Nazri, where's A for the AFC? Oh, Nasri, Nasri, he's in front of Gail Clichy. Where's A for the AFC? Oh, Samir Nasri.